I was just saying to Andy whether um, whether he'd been washed away in the floods. It's all flooded around Peckham Rye. Uh, Joe had a very wet cycle ride home, uh, and she was commenting Ooh. on the, the 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 very wet roads. Ooh. But she didn't say she had to get off and swim. So. <laughs> I was I was out on my bike earlier. It was actually quite surprisingly dry everywhere. Although I was, uh, I was in Cobham, where the River Mole is always flood, it always rises really high right up to the road. Quite flooded. All the fields are flooded next to it. It's brave of you, Andy. Very brave. Yeah. It was all right. Sn- it was nice. You, nice you day. Pa- pack a snorkel just in case. No, just in case. <laughs> No, it was all right. I looked at the weather forecast like any oh, rational human that being trick. would do. Yeah. yeah. The poor old dog has needed a, a walk for the last four hours and I finally did manage to take her out when it did stop raining. And then obviously yeah. when, it, when I took her out, you know, 50 metres out, it started to pour down again. So uh, we got absolutely drenched. But there we are. Right. Well, the energy level's good today, isn't it? Weather chats. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, look, well, well, I have I have lined up uh, Stu's um, joke, all right, to play in. I've actually got the clip. <laughs> I, I suggested that that we should never say this joke ever no, again. No, got to keep gotta. it. Just keep it as the rolling the joke that never that never happened. No, because I've written a nice intro to go with it. You see, <laughs> <laughs> so you I just did something. You well, yeah, you know, somebody has to. Somebody <laughs> effort going into this is insane, wasn't it? Um, wasn't it, and it's from your part of the world as well, wasn't it? The Jasper Carrot Show. Got it. That started every every show started with canned laughter and him saying, and that's the best joke I know. <laughs> You're just taking me back, Andy. That is a really, you, that is a really good impression. Yeah. <laughs> Jasper Carrot, blimey. Oh, my God. Sitting on his stool. He used to sit on a stool, didn't he? He did. He did yeah. And he used to tell these really, really long... God. <laughs> That's really hurt my ears. That's, uh, <laughs> right. He told really, really long jokes, didn't he? Yeah. And it had a... You're right about it. I have an, uh, an album somewhere. We, we used to... Yeah, we do. We used to it's, there's an album on somebody's shelf or in, in a box somewhere in someone's loft. Jasper Name Carrot. Him. Name his hit single. What Was it... <laughs> Was it Wild Rover or something like that? No, Funky Moped. Oh, Funky <laughs> God, Funky Moped. Can you That's sing good, it to us, Andy? Good memory. No, no, I can't. Oh. I'm sure you can find it on the internet, though, Lauren. Well, I should say you are listening to For the Love of Pog, a podcast mostly about cycling and not about Jasper Carrot or other 70s Midlands comedians. I am here. Hey. Hey. Loz is here. Hey. Andy is here, and Stu is here. Now, this is the second attempt at recording this episode uh, about what in the last episode we labelled the Festive 50, actually riding on our actual bikes together. A doable 50-kilometre ride between Christmas and New Year, inspired by our conversation about the, the Rafa Festive 500, which, to be honest, with families and kids and lives, really, it's a little bit on the hard side. We dreamed of including Hernhill Velodrome and watching, actually watching cyclocross, but we couldn't make that happen. But we did manage uh, our original and simpler idea, some laps of Richmond Park in southwest London. And three of us did indeed meet up in actual real life, Andy, Stu and me, but not Loz. 
he was in another London park, the reasons for which we will come to. And of course, we wanted to record some of this celebratory moment, some of it while on our bikes, but most of it during the obligatory cafe stop. And we did. We recorded 25 minutes of, can I say now, classic for the love of Pog? Alas, none of it was usable. Well, usable, but not exactly listenable. Not very comfortable on the ears. The reason for which I'm just too upset to explain. But despite the really poor quality audio, there is a little clip that would be a shame not to share. Well, uh, as I said, Lady World Park, lovely Lady World Park. Um, a brief trip to the a which was actually brief, not, not four hours or five hours as predicted. Uh, very well, strange uh, numbness in the hands and feet, which has been giving me some concern over the last few days. So, uh, according to the doctors, uh, worry about immediately. Uh, but sorry I didn't join the ride, it was kind of a bit weird and I was feeling a bit fatigued. Um, so just yeah, run down. Christmas has got the better of me. It is a shame, given that they're ironic really, given that the festive fifty was kind of your idea. I know. I'm actually, I'm actually not actually outside of crossing, that's what I'm doing really. Sounds like you've got gout fan arms. <laughs> <laughs> You see, you see, Stu, this is why you need to be on the pod for that very reason. I think that might be the key podcast joke. I think I could just finish there. I can also add that neither Stu nor I can actually really hear you. I think I'm now causing feedback with with Matt. We can not, no, neither of us can actually really hear you. So we're huddled over my phone. Not really in this lake stuff, but what a crash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. I don't think Jasper Carrot could have done it any better. <laughs> <laughs> there was a beautiful pause as well. Where they were sort of leading up to it, and then Stu just comes in there with a belter. There you go. I reckon that's uh, that was peak podcasting, surely for uh, for the love of Pog so far. Of all of all the puns anyone's come up with, that's got to be that's got to be the one. Well, I think I think you did it justice with your wonderfully scripted <laughs> intro. That yeah. was just off the cuff. It's like a mini just, essay. That was just uh, off the uh, cuff. Uh, that yeah. <laughs> top of my head. That was. Monologue. <laughs> The two things that struck me about that were one, he's written it down. I was thinking, he's written it down. He's written it down. And the other thing uh, was the um, the r- relative ease with which it must uh, be said. You can um, you can do a sort of peak moment in for the love of pop. But, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Not to, not to denigrate Stu's joke at all, which was um, very fine. How are your feet, Lawrence? Uh, just, just to update everybody, um, they're, they're a bit better. I'm still struggling to get, uh, an appointment with the doctor to get a blood test though. So, uh, you know, can't get through, can't, can't get, get hold of anybody. Uh, yeah, bit better though, bit better. And actually speaking to a few people at work this week, um, some people said that a very similar thing. So it could be like a, a long COVID thing. Don't know. Did you see the report today about COVID? Uh, people with long COVID not to, advise not to do strenuous exercise. Yeah. Really? Yeah. What did the doctor actually, what, remind us what the doctor actually said when he went to the hospital. Uh, lots of tests to see if it was serious in terms of, you know, neurological, but it was, it was not a serious thing in, in that sense and heart rate and 
blood pressure seemed fine. So it was like, it didn't seem an, an, an emergency thing, but it's been, you know, it's still, it's still thereabouts and it's been going on it's been over, over a week, nearly 10 days. Have you had COVID recently? I don't know. There's a lot going on. I was a bit ill before Christmas mm-hmm. and there was a lot going around work. So but I didn't test because nobody, well, some people had tested, but I didn't bother testing. Mm. I don't know whether Senan had it over Christmas. She had a, a cold, but just couldn't shake and, or, you know, eight, nine, 10 days, just really just below par. And I wonder whether she had it as well. I think that's it, isn't it? It's doing, doing the rounds again. I think 30% of flu cases in the hospitals at the moment are COVID related. Well, I, we, we, I was just saying that you don't see this, you don't see the hospital stats anymore. They don't get reported, do they? I'm sure they are somewhere, but they don't get reported as such. So it's very, you know, you've got to dig to find that, I suppose. But um, it just anecdotally, it definitely feels like it's on the rise. Well, Shay, Shay Pando, we're all in separate rooms because Josephine's got COVID. Well, there you go. Um, Rufus is has got COVID symptoms, but is not testing positive. Um, and I'm okay. But if I get COVID now, because I'm due oh, the God. surgery on the 15th, oh, if I get COVID now, I'm sunk. I'm sunk. It won't happen. So... So are you? Oh, you're mate. properly isolating now before you're up. Yeah. So we're we're staying in separate rooms. Yeah. Um, Do you want to explain to the listener, Andy, what you're what you're going to have? The listener. Yes, I've got uh, I've got a total hip replacement on my right hand side. Oh. On Monday week, Monday the fifteenth, theoretically. Yeah. That's come. Right Although through. also to be, um, uh, I don't have a single. I've I've had all the pre-appointments and everyone said yes yes 15th turn up at 7 30 i don't have anything i don't neither an email nor a letter confirming that wow so you're just gonna you're gonna just gonna, gonna turn up, up. <laughs> i mean i guess so oh yeah <laughs> i guess so they give me that actually the the nurse my hip in? through all the i've come yeah. to collect my hip <laughs> i've come to a rock up on a hip of... the bike isn't it now I'm a pretty squeamish uh, kind of guy, and Andy decided on the festive fifty, not long into the ride, to tell me about his operation and about how that being a cyclist uh, be quite tough to cut through the muscle, and uh, that made me feel great. Pull, pull the, the muscle aside. The I don't think they, I don't think they cut it. But apparently oh, the first, <laughs> the first move. Well, you'll you like to see more because Matthew will. I could think. suddenly go. He will yeah. just go. He could go. <laughs> the first move apparently in in the uh in the process of replacing a hip is to break your hip they dislocate it basically i'm planning to be asleep for that (laughs) matthew's making noises stew's just wincing i'm just uh (laughs) shaking his head should have put some on honey in this tea well there's gonna be a long how long, yeah, Danny, how long has this been for the, uh, this is four plus years now? Yeah, I had the first, um, well, I had the first uh, osteoarthritis, uh, osteoarthritis diagnosis 10 years ago. And at that point, the surgeon who I saw, this consultant I saw said, um, if, you, if you, I'll be surprised if you don't need at least one of those hips replacing in the next five years. So, and it's nearly 10 years um since then so that was um uh so and, and actually to lead us into the main uh the the at least the kind of the the subject that we're supposed to cover mostly on for the love of pog which i think is cycling um i think the thing that keeps uh that's kept me going is cycling it's just the you know keeps it mobile isn't there's no impact very little impact 
on the hip. I think if I hadn't been a cyclist, I'd have been doing this, you know, a lot, a lot sooner. What's well, the, you, the recovery plan, then, Andy? Uh, well, I've got a static bike, um, uh, a sort of uh, what bike esque thing, and um, we'll take you ready out. to s- start going. But that'll take about. Um, you have to go through a a sort of six week check um, where you go back to the consultant and see the physiotherapist, and um, that's when you kind of start being able to. You can't drive a car for six weeks. That's when you start being able to kind of do more after six weeks um but you know they have you up and warping on the same day apparently and they'll probably just charge me the day after as long as i can climb stairs like a baby deer yeah like a baby deer like bambi struggling to get up this is going to sound like a bit of a daft question but i'll ask it anyway um i mean i would be pretty terrified as i said i am one of the most squeamish people um are you scared Yes, of course. Mm. Well, because you know, it's a it's a major it's a it's routine, but um, but f- you know, but fairly major surgery it takes hour and a half to two hours. You're generally on uh, general anaesthetic, or they don't always do that now, apparently. And they sometimes just give you a spinal injection, you know. So, and that's n- no generalist without risk and. You know, but it's just kind of then there's infection risk and blood clot risk. Got to take anticoagulants and wear those lovely compression socks for the next four weeks or something. It's all fun. But, but um, the you long know, most of the the vast majority of people who have it are relatively yeah. elderly and much, you know, probably and have it, all sorts of other things wrong with them. So. And it is transformative as well. Yeah, and that's yeah the, I'm hoping so. Well, you look pretty good on the bike to me, Andy. I've got to be honest. I know you said you were cycling with almost with one leg, but it looked uh, you look pretty strong to me. So we've got Lars's numb hands and feet, and he's got hip replacements. Do you any any medical issues you want to share with uh, with the listener? No, not the dry yeah. skin. That's all I've got. At the moment. Skin. <laughs> got a bit of dry, bit of flaky skin. Bit of dry. Uh, you get, have you been to A and E about that? No, I got my moisturiser. Don't think you can get moisturiser on the NHS. Yeah, yeah. maybe Don't. drink a bit more water. <laughs> yeah, a bit more exactly, Lars. Uh, a bit more water, I think. But yeah, a bit of cake. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to put that brand on this. So we have to promote brands. We, could we, we can try. Sponsor. We do try. Which one? Which did you say I missed that? Better clinic, is it? Yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah. Surely one of us has got some bad word to say about clinic that's going to cross them out of our sponsor list. I mean, I think it's very expensive. Okay, clinic used to be uh, on on prescription for 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 people with acne, and then they rebranded it as a as a luxury sort of uh, cosmetic product. There you go. So I'm not exactly dissing it, am I? There, I'm just. uh, I don't know whether well, whether I am. <laughs> whether them back to their, their sort of heritage. Back to their roots. Back to their heritage. That's the brand heritage. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, yeah. the spotty teenagers. Yeah. The origin yeah. story. The heritage line. <laughs> yeah. So what what you're saying is that it's overpriced acne cream. Yeah. <laughs> I okay. am. Yeah. That's another one. Another sponsor gone. Then. Another gone. There, there you go. <laughs> Now look, we better we better had talk about the ride, hadn't we? Look, three of us did did go on the festive fifty. Yeah. Laws obviously couldn't join us, but did join us a bit remotely. What do we think? I really bloody enjoyed it. I have uh, I hadn't ridden the road bike for a very long time. The longest ride I'd done, I checked Strava because my Strava stats popped up like probably everyone's did. 
uh, just before Christmas. And I think the longest run I'd done up to then was 34.5 kilometers. So I thought I'll easily beat that. And I really enjoyed it. And I felt really good on the road bike. And the weather was just about okay, wasn't it? And Richmond Park wasn't too full, apart from the cafe at the end. And we did cycle up Nightingale Lane, wasn't it, Andy? The, uh, yeah. the rather steep one, which we did record and we couldn't use that audio either. And I really enjoyed it. 60 kilometers, I think I did in the end. And I thought, why have I not done this for such a long time? I had a really good time. What do you think, Andy? Yeah, I mean, it, it's um, I couldn't I couldn't go uh, I couldn't go a week without going out on my bike really because it is it has been important um, you know for keeping the hip going because although I can cycle okay I you know walking a couple of blocks to the shops is painful and difficult so from that point of view but I I actually I would I would say the mental health benefits of cycling are vastly outweigh the physical benefits for me. Stuart, what do you think? You you dug out the, uh, we talked about it before, the old rally, the 40-year-old rally. No, I enjoyed it. As you said, the roads are quiet. There was a lot of debris on the road. There wasn't there. On the yeah. way there, I noticed, lots of twigs and stuff. But the roads are really, really quiet, which is nice. I think we mentioned in the cafe, in the crash cafe after, it was nice to cycle around the park without loads of cars, sort of like bottlenecking and then, you know, the, the cars get stuck behind the slow cyclists, but then all the cyclists get stuck behind the cars. It turns into a coagulation of a, like a, you know, hip operation somewhere down in the, near <laughs> Andy's <laughs> foot or something or other. It just doesn't yeah. work. It gets really sticky. But it was nice. There weren't that many people out, were they? It was New Year's Eve, though, wasn't it? So maybe people were, were away or planning parties or getting, you know, shopping. It was the first time I'd been there, Andy. You, you know the dates on this. The first uh, time I'd been there with the partial closures on on the two sections, and it made such a difference to the ride. Yeah. Mm. No, it's really good, and they they're um, yeah. I mean, they're really sort of post pandemic since they closed. They never really fully opened up that section between Roehampton, Roehampton Gate and Kingston Gate since the pandemic. So it's good. I mean, in a way, I think. You know, they need to make the car parks accessible. Obviously, the park should be accessible to everybody. But um, I don't, I personally don't see why people should drive through it. It shouldn't be a through route, should it? I mean, that's what it is. In some parts of the day, it becomes just a a through road, which just seems seems pretty ridiculous. I'm intrigued, too, because you probably would admit you're not, you're the the least road cycly of us. Yeah. What? Just change is this got you thinking Ooh. well two things i mean the first thing i would say is that if you go around richmond park or often you know regent's park is another one it's quite you know male sort of heavy expensive bikes pounding it which you know in some ways also puts off other cyclists because you want actually you know other people to enjoy the park on a bike which could be kids you know, more more women, more younger people without, a, you know, a £2,000 carbon bike. And I don't think it's done that yet. Do you know what I mean? But that road, those road closures might start to bring more people in, which I think would be a good thing. Because that, that to me, still remains a bit of a barrier between London becoming really, really a proper cycle city like somewhere like Copenhagen, where everyone's on the bikes. Because at the moment, it's the hardcore. It seems to be more slightly more the hardcore cyclist. So I think closing those roads would be good. In answer to your question, yes, 
I would like to do more of it is finding the time. I mean, my cycling, as you know, is mainly for me getting around, and I think it's the best way to to get around. The, the as you said, Andy, that the mental health benefits, the physical benefits, everything. There's so many benefits to it. Um, but yeah, that, I just need someone to sort of kick me out and say, "Come on, let's do this." So you know, if and there's that, a coffee that, involved, then Andy always up for it. And that commitment to a kind of maybe a longer. Like, you know, you're cycling, you're cycling somewhere to then do a ride, you know, going from your house all the way across to, to Richmond to then ride around a park is very different from just, you know, you say going to get about. So it becomes a definitely a, a different activity, doesn't it? Um, well, it was, it was, it was a three part activity for me. It was me getting there and get, and I had my new, uh, my new phone, uh, case for my bike, which I got for Christmas, which is great. So Ooh, Christmas product. Ooh. Yeah, Christmas. Christmas. Uh, I can't remember the brand name though. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was the first stage, you know, getting there. Then obviously it was very different, just cycling around with Andy and Matt, which was, you know, just enjoyable. And, and then, then the cycle back, it seemed like five minutes because I was chatting to Matt, you know, and that journey on the way back went really, really quickly. A very three, very different sort of like, um, you know, cycle experiences. Yeah, with a lot of. Um... We sort of tacked back, didn't we, through the uh, the back roads? Yeah, which was nice, and the roads were much clearer because it's like you say, it was New Year's Eve. I also um, debuted a, uh, a cycling uh, Christmas present, my Madison gloves. That's mm. Madison gloves, and uh, <laughs> you very told good. me they were. Oh, they were good. Those ones, yeah. <laughs> well, they, <laughs> I, know I can't take them off because Lauren's explain for you. Should we explain? <laughs> now, I did say I did say on the recording that uh, my hands still get cold. They still got cold anywhere on the way over because they always do. I've tried over 20 years to find cycling gloves to keep my hands warm the whole time and I can't find any. But they are they were very comfortable, very nice. And after I'd warmed up, um, they were very good. But they weren't stolen goat. Sorry. They weren't stolen goat. That's stolen goat. No. <laughs> Andy, Andy was wearing fingerless gloves. So in a couple of years' time, if you're having like finger replacement... <laughs> he did say though didn't he the track mitts they were a bit he'd it, 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 it undergloved under right on the edge yeah. <laughs> they were definitely right on the edge yeah yeah it was, it was alright my fingers but, yeah, weren't too but cold to get a little bit boring that, that that's the problem with because I think there was a bit of chat on the, on the classic pod around clothing and kind of what what's the optimum thing and, and Stu you know you're you weren't wake, not kitted out in Lycra and wearing all the kit and everyone was explaining what kit they were wearing. But that's the problem with a lot of cycling stuff is that it, it is within a narrow margin of, like most gloves are for like five to five to eight or five to 10 degrees. Mm. Anything above or below and you're either hot or too cold. Yeah. So it all operates in a really fine margin. You're never going to find that that perfect fit or kind of that kind of perfect sweet spot. You're right. I was wearing my uh, Rafa. I got some Rafa uh, bib tights and jersey, sort of winter gear. And there is a sweet spot for that. It, it's around five to ten degrees. Anything above ten degrees, and you're just way too hot. And it was just about okay. So I've, I wear it rarely. It was one of those days where it was perfect. Anything colder, it's just probably just too cold to ride. You need more layers. And anything hotter, it just would have been uncomfortable. So yeah, you're right. It's a layered game, isn't it? Cycling. That's the thing. I did yeah. do blame Merino wool base layers, so that, that helped. Because don't you find though you have to really, you really have to uh, dress for when you stop most of the yes. time, rather than when you go. Because yeah. we had the, although we were in the cafe, we all got cold 
sitting in the cafe, really, and uh, wanted to get on our bikes to warm up again. So I think you have to, you end up dressing for that when you stop rather than when you ride. Well, this is the problem with the cafe stop. It is. Know? And it's do I, a little bit like you, Andy, never really would stop, but I like a stop, but you don't really stop simply because if you stop too long, then, yeah. But obviously stopping to do a pod, that's that's a big commitment. So, uh, yeah. Podware. Pod, podware, Maybe yes. Maybe need some, you know, branded podware. Well, look, I'll be making a, a sort of a, I know we talk about resolutions later on, but are we, um, is this one we're resolving to do here to uh, meet up more regularly once Andy's back on his two feet? We should Maybe it's a monthly thing. Yeah, we should definitely do that. No, I really enjoyed it. it was, you know, I ride Richmond Park a lot, but usually on my own, but it was really nice to ride with you two guys and chat, you know, becomes a social thing rather than just a riding around thing. <laughs> once a month and each each month, someone picks a different location. There has like to be some criteria. Yeah. Does it always need to be a park? No. Just be a route. I think. I think. I think, I think a, a coffee stop would be nice, just because you know. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm. I'm happy I love to make a coffee. That. And I like to yeah. see Matt pay three pounds for a cup of tea. I think, <laughs> and and complain about it. <laughs> Well, I, I, every time I've been in the in the cafe in uh, in Richmond Park, I have complained, thinking, "Why am I doing this again?" Yes, <laughs> it's uh, every time. I think ending with a coffee, with a cafe stop would be the way to yeah. go. And maybe Stu, I like the idea monthly monthly different location. But you also we also throw in a bit of a challenge. So Nightingale Lane was funny because it was very steep. Andy, I think you said it up to thirty percent towards the top. I mean, I think great. Strava. I mean, probably that's like one yard of thirty percent or something. I think Strava says it gets up to that. Right at the top, but it's like a wall, isn't it? When you come around that dog leg, and it's um, it's the steepest road I know in the area. I wouldn't have liked to have taken it on midway through a hundred kilometre ride without you know stopping and having a look at it first. It was uh, it was chunky. It was good though. It was good fun. It was short enough, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was very steep, but short enough. It's I very don't think I could have gone another six yards. <laughs> do we do we it's say a, who won King of the Mountain points on that? Do we say that? We didn't know, Matt. Who won oh. King of the Mountain points on that, Matthew? <laughs> I'm intrigued about you, Stu, going up there with your with your uh, lever yeah. gears. You, 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 you know, kind of, were you having to change gear at any point at the well, last moment? Well, I started off, you know, in a low gear. Then I put it into granny gear and just stayed there all the way. I think Stu yeah. stayed seated, didn't you? Didn't you stay oh. seated the whole time? Shows potential. I don't know whether you got out the saddle, didn't you? You certainly went over the top in your seat. Can't was very good. I just concentrated. I didn't. I didn't look up. I kept looking down. I looked up. I thought, "God, that's steep." Yeah, it's it's very steep. It's very steep. Very short. But um, uh, you you. I'm always. I can't sit down at the top bit of that because I'm always worried the bike always feels like it's going to rear mm. up because it's it's so steep. So I feel like I need to stand up and put my weight over the front a bit. But I don't think gear changing is the is the biggest problem really because yeah. you're in the lowest gear. When I think the hardest gear. bit is. Being on your bike going that slow. Mm-hmm. It is slow at the top. <laughs> Am I going to fall off this? I'm going so slow. <laughs> so obviously in the uh, in the really bad audio, Loz, you did joke there that you were, you were actually watching some cyclocross. And we did. The original intention was to do the Festive 50 to include Hernhill Velodrome and what was it? The uh, Madison, Madison Cross. Cyclocross. So Loz, over to you, Cyclocross Corner. Wow. I mean, it's it's been very interesting. I've dug in. I've, I've I've clicked on my Eurosport. I've watched some of the incredible muddy scenes that have been happening across mainland Europe. Uh, but it has all been Matthew Vanderpol. It's it is that classic thing of cyclocross at the moment being dominated by one rider. Even 
Gout Van Aert can't even get close to him. Pidcock has been in some races. He can't get close to him. And you're basically watching a machine just glide through mud and win every single race pretty much at the moment. Um, And I I, I saw on GCN, also there's some joke about him. He's been turning up in his different Lamborghinis uh, to each of the races. But yeah, it's it's been interesting to catch up on the... On the highlights, uh, just to watch how funny it is to see all the other riders celebrating coming in third and fourth because they just can't get anywhere near him. So if, if he's in the race, that's it. I have been following a few people on the Twitter that said, that are saying I'm not watching anymore because it's literally becoming boring. It's just well, it, he will just win it and there's no point. There's well, just it, a race for it, second. Yeah, and it was if you had any of those three in it, it was a race for fourth. And now it's just becoming even those two can't get anywhere near him right now, which is just kind of mental mm-hmm. but yeah there was this incident the spitting as well which i thought was him getting very annoyed with and this happens in cycling a lot and i think it happens a lot in cyclocross because of the the beeriness that goes alongside it um in terms of people watching the race and getting very excited which is one of the reasons we, we all decided we want to go and we haven't managed to do that but there was some incident which has happened in in, in road cycling as well of people throwing urine apparently at him mm-hmm. and just getting a bit annoyed about the whole thing and he reacted by spitting at the crowd which uh which was pretty punchy but he made no apologies which i thought was even more punchy. Yeah, that's quite punchy. he just sort of said yeah i'm a bit fed up with it actually so if they're going to throw piss at me, then uh, I'm going to spit at them. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. And I don't know whether the spit landed. Uh, and I saw uh, Van Aert sort of defending him as well. Didn't really criticise him. But it seems to have, it caused a lot of kerfuffle and then it went away very quickly. So it doesn't seem to have hung around at all. I don't know yeah. whether it's more common. I don't know. It's it's an awful thing to do though, isn't it? I mean, it's pretty vile. Yeah. And uh, I think we all, Grew up watching football. Actually, I, I'm only saying this because Hardy mentioned him today. The Rudy Voller, uh, Rijkaard. Rijkaard. It is incident. I, it's what my, I, when I saw Van, uh, Van, uh, Van der Poel do it, it uh, my mind went there. Everyone goes. To, if you're a certain age, everyone go to the to the Rijkaard spit, and I can't, I can't even watch it. It's so disgusting. I just I can't watch it because it's very close. Oh, it's, it's it does horrible. Um, but I think he's. I think Van der Poel's going to get away with it because it. It probably wasn't that close. I actually haven't seen it, but I don't know how close it was to the crowd. And then there's a lot of mud and sweat and spitting, and it's all a bit of a outdoory, dirty sport yeah. anyway, isn't it, at that moment? So maybe it's that, that whole participation crowd thing with cycling is a bit different from a paid-for football environment when you're going to have a bit more tension. You know, you're going to get Eric Cantona banned for karate chopping and jumping into the crowd. I'm sure you'd have that sort of thing with cycling as well. But there is a that whole element of turning up to watch cycling is slightly different. So maybe, mm. and he's just a bit untouchable as well, I think, in the sport. Stu, Andy, you haven't seen the, you haven't seen the spitting? No. No. I mean, it doesn't sound like a great example to set. That's the only problem, isn't it? It's, mm. it's all very well to kind of react, but, you know, and that's obviously disgusting getting stuff, bodily fluids thrown over you from the side, but... But it's not, um, you know, that's not what professional sports people should do. Does this? What does this say for the classic season? Though, not the spitting, obviously the uh, mm-hmm. the in the indomitability of 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 Van der Poel. Yes, I think it says uh, it says it says a lot, doesn't it? I mean, he look, he's obviously very very strong, and I think if Van Aert can't if he can't hold his wheel, that that says even more. But I suppose it depends what plans they have, isn't it? Van Aert is going for the Giro, isn't he? So he's probably on a different a different plan this year, really. Maybe he's not racing cyclocross. It sounds crazy to say it. Maybe he's not racing to win here. He's racing to train or to get as close as he can. But he's just got different goals. 
Van Aert, you mean? Van Aert, yes, yeah, so maybe because yeah. I think he's going to the to the Giro. Isn't he going as leader? No, he's he's going to the Giro definitely. Um, well, yeah, definitely. he doesn't. Certainly, in watching the races, he doesn't look like he's. You know, he does. He's, he almost does look like he's within himself. Him, yeah, definitely. I don't. Mm. I don't know. It's difficult to tell, obviously, but. And the races have been ridiculously hard because of the conditions. So, yeah. And he, and he hasn't seemingly picked as many as Van der Poel either. So, yeah. What's he going to go for? I think the rumour, he's really targeting Roubaix, Van Aert. Yeah. And Pidders hasn't been on, on that close either, has he? But he's talking up the Giro, isn't he? Uh, the Tour. He's talking like himself see, up I'd... as going to become, trying to become a G, giving himself that shot yeah. of becoming a GC. I'd like to see him have a proper crack at that because he's got the build for it, hasn't he? He's little and... Strong as and well. He climbs as, well, doesn't he? Climbs well. Yeah. Time trials, okay, I think. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he could time trial better if he spent time doing it as well. I'm not saying he doesn't, obviously. Mm. He might be out there time trialing now as we speak. <laughs> but, um, it's all he's done over Christmas. All he's done over Christmas, literally. Not done anything else. But um, you got a new you know, time that. trial bike for Christmas. <laughs> it's a technique thing, isn't it? Time trialing. So, peckers. Do we need to? Is there anything else we want to say about cyclocross? No Please, more cyclocross. God no. <laughs> <laughs> well, Andy, then, if there's no more on cyclocross, over to you for gravel stretch. There's no gravel riding at the moment. What are you talking about? I mean, <laughs> having said that, there's <laughs> like a every time I go out to like today, I cycled out to Cobham in Surrey, did a little circuit. And um, every time I go out there, there's a load of guys now graveling. They're on their bikes graveling. I reckon having a gravel bike is a bit like having a Land Rover. It's off-road. But where do you see them if you're on the road? Are they on the road with you? or are they... Crossing. They're crossing the road. They're doing, bits of road the road. Then, <laughs> doing bits of road and then going, going off into the gravel. And they're slightly muddy, aren't they? Slightly muddy. They're a bit muddy. Yeah. They're like yeah. a cross between road cyclists and mountain bikers, aren't they? Well, I did have actually. My, I can I can I throw in? I know this is your item, Andy. Can I throw in a bit of a gravel stretch conversation? No, of course you can. It's my <laughs> item. <laughs> I got talking. Sorry, can I can I come in? Yeah, yeah, go on then. <laughs> I got talking to someone at New, on New Year's Eve about their gravel bike. <laughs> Lost his voice in his finger, and I uh, I was being a little bit naughty because I said, well, "What's the difference between that and a cyclocross bike with bigger tires?" Then, and he was sort of couldn't really explain it. Uh, but he just loved his bike anyway, because I don't know what the difference is. What, what you know, I've no idea. I just geometry. thought there were there were cyclocross there a, bikes. Cause I think there think is a geometry it, difference. Well, a cyclocross bike, as you've described, us can go through absolutely bloody everything, yeah. right? And people can stay upright, and you can pedal through mud, throw in some stones, just with bigger tires, isn't it? Yeah. That's it. I don't know what the difference is. Difference what? is about five years and a thousand pounds. I think. The, 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 no, the, the difference is the difference is I think. Be, be, Cyclocross's bikes are built a bit more for racing. And really what a gravel bike is, it's a bit of a mix between a road and a tourer and a mountain bike. That's true, actually. With your, with your what do you call them? And the, the flared, flared bars, uh, yeah. bars and all that kind of stuff. So it's giving mm. you that rela- more relaxed position, yeah. whereas uh, the, the geometry of a cyclocross bike and, and the setup is actually more geared towards a racing position. Wow, there you go. Getting, this is getting very technical. Wow. That, that, almost, that almost made sense. Disappointing you to ask your New Year's Eve friend to, to come on as a, as a guest. I'm not, not, not going to name him, but but did he know what cyclocross was? <laughs> not really. There you go. 
<laughs> but he was seduced by his by his gravel bike, look, and he enjoyed look, it, and that's look, good luck to him. He was riding his bike. He was riding his bike. He was riding. He was loving it. Exactly. The best thing was he he was he did actually go out to the Cobham area, I think, mm. and uh, he, he was very underprepared. He didn't take his right equipment. He didn't take any lights for his cycle ride back. He was getting honked by people on the road, and he didn't have a helmet. So you know, he was oh, he's a newbie. Boy. Bless him. Wow, I, did, I didn't realise he was that much of a newbie. Wow. He <laughs> <laughs> goes gravel bike for Christmas. <laughs> can you uh, can you say gravel stretch again for me, Andy? Gravel. <laughs> I might record that as your little uh, your little uh, jingle. Why does he get a jingle? <laughs> you can have it. Well, I was about to say you can both have jingles if you bring quality quality content to the items, the standing items. You did I very just well. on for at least no, three you minutes. Did, you did very well. You even explained the difference between different frames and all that, which I didn't know you had in your head. So that was very, very, very good. Right, shall I move us on? Uh, well, we've oh. got to get we've got to donate a, a work up a, a stew corner. What is Stew's corner? We need to we need to fashion a, a what Stew's corner is going to be. Because these, these got donated to us, Stu. In, yeah, I was going to say, I don't think Stu could pick his own. We have to give him one. We can't, mm. you're not allowed to pick your own one, are you? We we gave Andy gravel because he hates it. Uh, and Loz, because he keeps on going on about I it. I think Stu really has is, is got to bring Commuter Corner. Commuter, Commuter Corner or Bike V Car. Bike, oh, Bike, bike. V Car. <laughs> think of the jingle for that. Bike V Car. <laughs> yeah. Right, we've got a third, just, sta- a third standing it. item now. There Bike it is. Bike V car. Bike V car. I got the um, the newsletter today from the uh, London Cycling, you know, Association. Do you know how many people in London don't have a car percentage? Uh, right, you have a guess. Um, is this is this actually the first? I was going to say, is, is he Bike doing, V car? Is it different content already? Okay. Yeah. Wow. This is this is data. This is the London Cycling campaign, is it? Yeah. Right. So percentage of. People who don't have a car. Don't own a car. Yeah. Don't own a car. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to say uh, 35%. Loz? I think it might be more. 46. Randy, well, Randy knows, don't you, Randy? I might know, yeah. I do know Hammersmith and Fulham. Inner London or all of London there. Showing off now. Showing off. Stick to your gravel. I think it relates to you, Les, their article. So I think they're going for all of London. In which case, Loz's is probably about right, I'd say. I think it's 55 in Inner London. Yeah. Loz, you were right. It's 45. Yeah. Wow. What a guess. Wow. And more cycling journeys are being taken, which is great. That's fantastic. I think it was so- 1.35 million. Wow. A That's day. good news. That is good yeah. news. You that brought some good. good news to the pod. So nearly fifty percent of households in in London, thirty two boroughs, don't own a car. Well, we have uh, we've got a lot of content. You know, these items are working well. Should have stretched yeah. it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the floor's still yours. <laughs> 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 uh, well, the one the other thing I learned was that there's loads of other ULES benefits. For scrapping your car. Did you know that? No. You get discounts on bikes. How much Ooh. discount? Well, depends which one you want. Up to 10% for a cargo bike, which could be about £500. Yeah. Because they're pretty punchy. Mm. That is. Mm. Yeah. What about uh, if you wanted a bike to, say, go on the gravel? <laughs> <laughs> well, where would you gravel in London? 
Well, there's a lot on oh, the roads now because say. of the weather. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, just go out now with with pitters. You know what? 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 I suppose. What is the the true definitive terrain of gravel? Because if you've ever done that walk from Finsbury Park, the old railway track that turned yeah. into like a nature walk, that's a bit gravelly, isn't it? Are you allowed to cycle on that? That's a good question. I'm not sure. I think you are. That's a very good question, Stuart, about when does gravel become mountain biking, you see? I'm yeah. not sure when the, when the, the crossover comes. I don't really care either. Well, I, I'm going to have a go at this one. Go on. Oh, go on. I'm going to have a go at this one. He's back in. He's back in. He couldn't yeah. resist, could he? He didn't like gravel stretch, but look at him now. <laughs> he's defending well, Lord has done his item. He's done his item. <laughs> I'm going to have a go at this one because... And this is just a wild guess. I haven't looked this up on the internet or anything. But what I'm going to say is the gravel happens on gravel. But when it's a mountain, it's mountain biking. So you've got to be going up or down. Up or down. Yeah. Quite I don't think it's as simple as that. Because what about a fire track on a mountain? That's quite, that's gravel, isn't it? That's a gravelly track. That's not quite a mountain bike route single track is maybe it? there's a a grade of gravel where it becomes mountain you, you and know, below that grade is gravel and above that grade it's mountain wow. you know what you need to do, do think, for the next episode don't you do you think yeah, the uci know what you're tell me do you think the uci around there <laughs> with little <laughs> measuring sticks they've got a thing measuring the, the diameter no, they've just the got a they've, they've just got a <laughs> A hole and they drop it through. If a it goes gauge. through its gravel, like it doesn't gravel go gauge. through its mountain. A gravel gauge. <laughs> They're oh, there in their chinos yeah. and their white shirts as they all wear the UCI people with their little gravel gauge. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it's got more to do. I think obviously you've got the, uh, you know, going up and down, but also mountain biking. They go over roots and big boulders yeah. and, you know, whereby you could go up, let's say, south downs and get on one of those chalky gravelly paths when you don't really need a mountain bike for that you know and that's a different kind of cycling sport I, so i think it could be more about the terrain rather than the uh altitude and the climb or the descent it could yeah. be wrong i'm just throwing it in there because you are the gravel stretch expert randy <laughs> well <laughs> What you've done is you've found a you've found a hole in my expertise. You just found a gap. What well, the the gap is defining what it is. There you go. Gravel sized gap. That's some gap. That is. That is. I don't actually know what gravel riding is. How can you hate something you don't even know what it no, is? You're very. You're, I've been close minded, and I should open my mind to gravel. <laughs> gravel. Maybe the, the I the just doctor, like hearing Andy say gravel. To be honest, maybe the doctors are going to suggest as part of your recovery plan that you should start with gravel. Gravel, yeah. I mean, they might. But, um, good luck. So obviously, we are recording this. Uh, this is the first episode in the new year. We kind of stumbled into 2024. So, tis the season. Cycling New Year resolutions, predictions, desires, anything really. Loz, do you want to have a go? I've got a, I've got a personal one and then a pro peloton one. Um, so my my personal one is is given the fact that I missed the festive fifty that you did, I'm jealous. Um, I want to get back on my bike again. So I, I'm gonna and and you mentioned Strava stats earlier, Matt, and the disappointing disappointing mo- the most disappointing year I've had for my uh, Strava 
year of a year of activity and i looked at it and thought oh, that's pathetic so i i'm going to try and commit myself to a three thousand kilometer year of cycling you heard it here first listener there you go uh the pro peloton one is i i'm predicting uh rog tour victory oh that is so uncanny i'm i haven't got that as mine but i was thinking about that too Bora, guys, he's got beef. He wants to take it to Vinny. And have you heard about the Red Bull rumor? Mm. No, tell us. <laughs> rumor is Red Bull coming in to sponsor Bora. I think that's a nice prediction. So 3,000 kilometers, personal one for the year, more road biking and uh, a rog at the rog tour. tour. Stu, how about you? Any uh, resolutions, predictions, desires? Well, for 2024. I think we're going to do that. We'll meet up once a month. I've been going to the gym, so I want to keep doing that. I felt much better on the bike by having gone to the gym. So I'm going to keep that up. Predictions. Um, well, I'll go back to Cav. Cav, I don't think he's going to win a stage. I think it's done. It's a shame. I'd love him to, but I don't that's think a, That's a shame, that one. I'd, I'd gone the other way, but yeah. Desires. So I'd like to go to the... You know, we've talked about this a lot. Mm. And, you know... Pando, you sent a lovely spreadsheet. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we need to nail this down, don't we? And do, you know, yeah. a podcast from, you know, a different country on a, on a, on a, on a, on a race or a tour. So that's, that's a desire. And Randy, you said something to me on one of our coffee bike meetups about, you know, I've thought about this a while. Maybe, just maybe I should get a new bike. Oh, wow. This, we I'm could still, take I'm, episodes I'm on this, Mario. specking Maybe. up the bike. Well, Randy has said, if you want, I'll build you one. You oh, God, this is going to this is gonna be months of pod. Yeah. <laughs> Just think of the technical updates. <laughs> when Andy Maybe. talks us through the Maybe. gearing, you know, and think all Think of all that, that time Andy's going to have in recovery to yeah. plan this, to help spec it. You could could you give me a proposal for a gravel bike? <laughs> <laughs> no. Flared flared handlebars. Flared handlebars. Flared purple handlebars. And and well, some, some tires that are patently too fat for dry, riding on anything else other than gravel. Uh, well some good ones there, uh, Stu. Andy, how about yours? Well, I'm, you know, main main one for me personally is just getting back on the bike as soon as I can, really. Um, that'd probably be back on a proper bike. It's going to be three months or something, but we'll see. Um, but that's my main thing and trying not to get too fat in the meantime. Um, so uh, that that's the personal one. Obviously, it's a fairly obvious one. But the, the um, yeah, I, I, I really, this is going back to earlier conversation, I really want to see Pidcock start to fulfill his potential this season because he's a really exciting rider. We know he can do it. We've seen, you know, in both in the classics and the Alpe d'Huez stage a couple of years ago at the tour. Um, we know he's got, he's got that capability. And I think it is that classic thing of he's kind of not, he's falling in between two stones at the moment. Isn't it two stones? Is that the right phrase? Anyway, gravel. he's falling in between two bits of <laughs> bits gravel. Of yeah. One, is that, is one that, larger, he's quite small, isn't he? So One larger... <laughs> He might he's fall through the, the UCI's gauge. gravel thing, actually. Yeah. Um, he's, <laughs> he's not allowed to do gravel, is he, because of that very reason? No, he just disappear. Right, yeah. 
He just disappeared in the gravel. Um, poor lad. He, We've lost he, um, Tom. No, I, I think <laughs> I think he would be. I just really love to see him fulfil his potential. Um, I think he's a good rider. He's a, he's a you know he's got something about him. I think I'm going to. I'll start with my pro peloton one because Stu, I'm going to go the other way. I, I think Cav will win his 35th stage. And uh, that's a desire and prediction, really. I really, really hope he does it. And then he can just climb off the bike and say, that's it. I'm done. That I'd love it to great. be like a mic drop like that. It goes over the line and that's it. Finished. Puts the bike over his head and says, right, you know, my career is finished now. And I've finished on a high. Right. Um, I think my resolution really is, as I think, meeting up every month, but more road bike. I um, I really, really enjoyed riding it again on New Year's Eve. And I'd, uh, when I bought that bike, I had it fitted, went up to uh, Cadence, that's Cadence in, uh, in Crystal Palace, <laughs> to have a, a bike fit. And I'd pay, I don't know, I think it was about £200. And I was a bit unsure about whether it'd be really worth it. And it really was. And it fitted it to me. And when I got back on it again, riding across, you know, through Wandsworth and then over to Richmond, it just felt so comfortable. It felt really good. And I thought, I'm so glad I invested in that. So I think just getting back on the road bike more regularly. Whether I'll do 3,000 kilometres like you, Lars, I doubt it, but um, just doing more of it. So there we go. So lots of uh, lots of personal stuff in there and, uh, you know, pro peloton stuff. Does anybody have any AOB? Looks no. like making notes, Lars. No. I, I'm, I'm trying to draw Tom Pidcock falling through a gravel gauge because <laughs> I've just got a vision in my head. <laughs> no. oh, well, uh, should we leave it there then, chaps? Yeah, I think we yeah. better. Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed for you, Andy. Stay out of the COVID. Yeah, yeah. Good luck, Andy. Hope Thank it goes you. Well, we'll see you on the other side. Yeah, bye, 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 bye. bye.